Hello, this is Kevin Smith from the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. If you love all things gardening, join us at BBC Gardener's World Live from the 13th to the 16th of June at Birmingham's NEC. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldlive.com. See you there. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind, like the new Inspire leggings by Kalia. Their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. How would you feel if you could improve your physical health and boost your mental well-being by just spending some time gardening? You may be surprised to hear that gardening does you good, a lot of good, which is something Thrive, the gardening health charity, knows a lot about. Hello, I'm Kevin, and today I'm chatting to Catherine Rossiter, the chief executive of Thrive, and we're discussing the therapeutic power of gardening. Plus, we'll hear firsthand from someone whose life has been changed for the better as a result of social and therapeutic horticulture. Catherine, it's it's fantastic for you to be joining me. Thank you so much for for sharing your time. I'm I'm so grateful. It's my pleasure. um, I'm fascinated to hear what Thrive is, what it does, um, and to hear more about it and more about gardening therapy. Could you just tell me, in in your own words, what Thrive is, what it does, um, for anyone that hasn't heard of it before and is not familiar with it, just just tell me what it's all about. Yeah, sure. Well, um, we tend to refer to ourselves as the Gardening for Health charity. Uh, We've been going for about 40 years. Um, And what we do is called social and therapeutic horticulture, uh, which is quite a long technical phrase. Um, But effectively, what we're saying is that for us as human beings, for our good health and our well-being, we need um, we need to be part of a social group. We need to feel part of something. We need meaningful activity. And we also know that if we spend time in nature, that's also good for our health and our well-being. So with social and therapeutic horticulture, we bring all of those three elements together. So we create a social group, we make sure there's meaningful activity, and we do that out in nature. So what the skill of the horticultural therapist is, is to balance those three elements for the individual they're working with so that they can get the maximum benefits um, of, of spending time in a garden. So it, it's more than just gardening, um, because we are actually actively looking to use the garden as a hugely flexible medium to make sure that somebody really can gain benefits from the time that they spend there it sounds it sounds amazing and it it makes so much sense to me personally I mean I have um you know with everything we've been going through in the last few months with Mm. with Covid and the pandemic I have been gardening more than ever and actually it's been the one thing that's that's kept me going and and has made me feel good Mm -hmm. and every moment I've spent in my garden has felt like a, a joy and a release and something that as I say is just doing me good so I can understand to some extent how the work that you know Thrive is doing is making a difference and and having an impact um could you 
tell me kind of what sort of people does, does Thrive help? Is, is it a, a mixed bag? Is it people from all different walks of life? What, what yeah, sort of it people is, do it you is. help? I mean, that's the beauty of what we do is that it, it works for everybody. Um, we, te- we focus on people who have a, a disability or um, a, a life-changing health condition. So that's, that's our focus as a charity. But Sodium Therapeutic Horticulture, it works, it works for everybody. It doesn't matter what age you are, uh, male, female, what your, what your ethnicity, uh, what your cultural background is. And what's really important is that the horticultural therapy works with you to find out what your affinity is, which bit of gardens and gardening and nature really appeals to you and then they'll work with you to get the most out of that in your in your personal context working with you as the expert in your health and your well-being that's so, great so there are really, no boundaries really it's a tailored approach then as well very it sounds much, like it yeah, was very yeah, much a person-centric no. approach yeah uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, therapeutic horticulture and, and that sort of physical, mental and social benefits of that. Um, could you tell me how how it does help in those three different ways? So if we if we take physically first and yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, anyone that's listening, how they can perhaps relate this to time they're spending in their own garden and how that could make them better yeah physical one's always a good one because a lot of people say oh gardening's bad for you how many bad backs you know because of people (laughs) gardening and that's about um just jumping in and doing too much too quickly so the the beauty of gardening is there are so much different things that you can do so you should be able to pace yourself and develop your gardening as your physical health develops and improves so for somebody say who's um new to gardening, has perhaps had a stroke, very limited mobility, and their primary aim is to increase their physical activity. We may start with some very simple tasks where they're doing some potting up, say, and everything's brought to them. So they haven't actually got to move around very much. But we may say after a coffee break, let's say, let's just go and have a little walk in the garden and perhaps just walk to some close by plants. So this is really the very smallest things, actually. You know, I mean, I was I was thinking, oh, no, you know, if you do a load of digging, that's equivalent to half an hour in the gym or whatever. But the very small stuff is important, too. It is. Yeah. So for somebody with limited mobility, it's about taking baby steps. So if we if we said um, you you need to increase your daily step count um, and you're going to go and stand on a treadmill. That's quite dull. Initially, you might be quite motivated to go and do it. But after a few visits, it gets dull and the motivation wanes. But in the garden, there's always something new to see, something new to do. So we can this week just go to some uh, the beds that are quite close by. Next week, we're going to walk to the bottom of the garden to take some cuttings. Um, and it may be that uh, we may be doing some sitting, potting up tasks one week. And next week, actually, the task is going to require you to stand up. So you're actually being more active without even knowing that you're being more active. And that's the skill of the horticultural therapist is making sure that the task provides enough stretch and enough activity for that individual without overdoing it. Um, and that maybe for some of the people, we've got quite a lot um, of younger guys with learning disabilities and they seem to have energy to burn. So the horticultural therapist may well get them on doing a lot of, a lot of work, turning the compost, uh, sweeping up the leaves, taking the wheelbarrow from one side of the garden to the other, Whereas somebody else in the group who's perhaps got much lower levels of mobility, maybe just doing some of the more detailed type of activities, but but working as part of a team together. And uh, so each person gets to to work at a level that's right for them. I understand. So again, just as we were saying before, you know, a really tailored approach. And I think probably the thing to say here is, or what I'm getting from what you're saying is that even the smallest thing, and if you start small and yeah. just do what you can manage, then actually that's still very worthwhile. Yeah, just having a little pot around. Um, you know, you can be increasing your step count daily 
uh, without really knowing that that you're doing it just uh, just going a little bit further each time that you go out yeah yeah no it's great it makes it makes a lot of sense um okay now now mental well-being I mean I I sort of hinted at this a few moments ago when I was talking about how I've how gardening has helped me recently and um you know it it definitely has helped my mindset Mm -hmm. made me feel better um I don't know if it's just the fresh air or the actual doing the gardening but I mentally it's made me feel feel good um And, you know, how, how does that play out at Thrive and the work that you do? Well, there's definitely, I mean, as human beings, we're sort of our DNA is we're hardwired to feel good in a natural environment. So you're right, just getting outside, getting some fresh air, getting a bit of gentle exercise is going to make you feel better anyway. Um, but if we then engage you in tasks that spark your imagination, that keep your attention, that's also going to help improve your mental health. Um, and for somebody who perhaps is lacking in in hope and aspiration for the future, we may get them to do some sowing of plants that's going to grow quite quickly. So that because that excitement of sowing some seeds one week, coming back next week, and they've already started to to sprout and to germinate in two or three weeks' time, suddenly there's a flower on there. That whole sort of life cycle thing is it's hugely empowering. Um, it puts you in the position of nurturing and caring for something and seeing a, a tangible product of your activity. And for quite a lot of the people who come to us with, with long-term health conditions, they've been in a position where someone's always caring for them. So to be able to put them in a position where they're caring for something else that's a living living thing, a yeah, plant... It's incredibly powerful, it's, it's, actually, isn't yeah, it? and improves their self-confidence, their feeling of self-worth, their, their hope and aspiration for the future. So, again, it's about understanding what some where somebody is on their particular for the mental health at that time and then looking at what we can do in the garden that can actually help to improve their mental health and it may be for some people it's actually helping somebody else with the task um, rather than doing anything particularly yourself because that helps with their feelings of self-worth so it's again gardening is so hugely flexible there are so many different jobs and tasks and activities that you can do in a garden it's it's actually quite easy to find something that works for for a particular individual at a particular time. Yeah, no, I mean, I think as well, it it, it must give a, a a sense of optimism as mm-hmm. well. I think with gardening, you're always excited about you know the thing that you've sown or what's next or what's coming up. So yeah. I'd, I'd imagine it would it would help with that too. Yeah, yeah, and and even I mean, we've we've been obviously been in lockdown, so we haven't had much activity going on in our gardens. Uh, for the last three, four months. And some people are very concerned about how when our client gardens come back, what impact it will have because the areas that they had been tending are now overgrown. And the skill there for the horticultural therapist is turning that into a positive. It's an opportunity for a new beginning. Yes, it's different to how it was, but then society is different to how it was. And we can draw those sort of life uh, analogies in through the the gardening um, and help to build something positive out of whatever your particular start point is. So, yeah, it's 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 brilliant really it works so well <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> you don't you don't need to convince me I, I know how how good gardening yeah. is for you um okay the, the the last sort of part of that trio of of uh of things we were talking about was social well-being mm. um now I find this one perhaps the most fascinating of all actually and I imagine it really does have an impact on on people particularly vulnerable people would would I be right there Yes, it can do. And that's, again, where it needs to be carefully managed. And I think this is where social and therapeutic horticulture differs from just gardening, because managing those social interactions is really, really important if we're going to make sure that somebody really does get a positive benefit. Because if somebody is in a, in a fragile mental state, it'd be easy to inadvertently say something or do something that 
that, that is wrong for that person. So the skill of the hawk therapist is, is in managing those social interactions. But we work, all of our uh, groups are in social groups, normally around about eight clients in the group, and they're often quite mixed groups. Um, so people with learning difficulties may be working alongside somebody who's had a stroke or somebody with, with depression and anxiety. And that social interaction really helps because it, they can see in somebody else um, something different than somebody else who's struggling with something. Um, so it's like, look, everybody's the same as me and it's OK to, to not be OK. Um, and somebody may be having a good day one day and somebody else is having a bad day, but we can help each other and we can work together. So, so managing those social interactions and that social grouping um, is really, really important. And the garden helps us to do that. If you think about when you're, when you're gardening with somebody else, you're normally sat alongside them rather than face to face. And that's a lot less threatening or challenging. So face to face eye contact for some people can be quite intimidating and they'll close yes, down course. and they won't want to talk. But sit beside them, both sharing an interest in the plants that you're 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 looking at. Um, people then feel more able to open up and to engage, and that that social interaction starts to starts to really happen. Then, so it's about designing that not just the task, but how we go about doing the task in the garden, so that the, the group works really well as a group and each person benefits again. Yeah, and I'd, I mean, I'd imagine as we are delicately and cautiously coming out of lockdown, um, social interaction and well-being is is going to be even more crucial to to people that have perhaps been isolated or or haven't had the chance to to be as um, socially active as they yeah. usually would have been. Yeah, and and I think with with the whole issue of social distancing and not being able to get close to people, it can even if you're in a group, it can feel very isolating. Um, because because you have can't have that level of interaction that perhaps you're used to but by having a shared interest in the garden um you could still you could that social interaction happens um for the elements around you rather than needing to be at sort of up, up close to people so i'm confident that when we do get all of the client gardeners back in the garden with social distancing we can still keep that that social grouping that feeling of being part of something together and engaging together in a meaningful activity, which is going to be so powerful. And for a lot of people, it's going to be very, very important, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's it's, it's so important. Um, now, I don't think it's... <laughs> I'm stretching it here to say that, you know, gardening can actually change lives and, and that Thrive changes lives and has, has a real, real impact. Um, I wondered if you could give me any you know, real examples of, of people that it has helped or, or had an impact on their lives? Yeah, but we've got many, many different examples from, from over the years, but um, there's a few that come to mind. So um, Shan, who's actually now one of our trustees as well, he comes to our Birmingham garden. He has uh, primary progressive multiple sclerosis, and that means that um, he can be subject to secondary issues like diabetes and heart disease because of his impaired movement. Um, and inactivity. So one of his motivations for, for starting to come to Thrive was to work on his physical activity um, and to increase his stamina and the range of movement in his hand and arms. And he says it gives him a real sense of purpose and structure to his life. Um, and by being active, by being outdoors, it's also helping his sleep patterns. So he actually feels better able to, to tackle the rest of the week. So although his, you know, it was primarily his physical activity he's come to thrive for, it's also really working across the whole of his life. Um, but he's um, he's definitely improved his his stamina 
Um, and his neurologist has said that she can see the difference it's made to him as a result of the gardening and has basically said, the, the more the better. Get get on and get out there, Shan. Um, so it's incredible, isn't it? That's, that's a really positive story, yeah. I mean, did you say that um, he's now now on the the trustee board? Yes, he's, um, he's on Thrive. the board. So of he's he's, of he's as been well. involved with Thrive for a long time. Then has he? Um, three or four years. That, that's okay. all. Yes. So um, he initially came as as a volunteer, um, and uh, clearly had a lot to offer us as well as us offering to him. So um, we, we've offered him a, a place as a trustee as well, and he he makes you know really positive contributions to Thrive and gives that unique perspective of also being a client. So yeah, of course. And and for him, it really does, you know, when we were talking about the physical, mental and social, well, perhaps all three of those things, mm. but particularly it's the, it's the physical benefits, isn't yes, it? It's yeah. incredible. Absolutely yeah, amazing. Mm. Um, how about anybody else that you could, yeah, you could um, tell me about? There's, there's also one that I've, I've picked out from um, Jensen, who attends a special education needs school in the Birmingham area. Um, he comes to Thrive one day a week and he describes Thrive as his calm and happy place. Um, and for him, being out in the garden actually helps with a lot of his anger and anxiety. Um, and he, he feels a lot more engaged and, and calm from the time there. He's He says he wants to be a gardener. Uh, so he's actually taking part in a City and Guilds qualification that will give him a, a <laughs> certificate in horticulture. Um, and that gives him a real focus and impetus. So for, for, for the, sort of the first time in his life, he's got something that he really, really wants to do. And therefore, he is engaged. He's motivated, um, and he's he's doing incredibly well working towards his qualification. So, yeah, I picked up on on the quote that he said about it being his calm and happy place, and um, I'm sure that anyone that gardens can re- relate to that. I mean, mm. we're we're never happier <laughs> than when we're out there, are we? Whether yeah. it's first thing in the morning with a cup of tea, it's actually pottering about and doing something, or if it's last thing in the evening with a glass of wine, you know, it's it's <laughs> it does bring so much calm and solace. Yeah. It's amazing. And we shouldn't forget that just sitting quietly in a garden is is hugely therapeutic in itself. Just just sitting, taking notice, listening to the sounds around you, being being mindful, being in the moment. Um, that is hugely, hugely powerful. You don't, you don't need to be rushing around doing lots of lots of gardening activities and having a fantastic garden um, to, to get those sorts of benefits. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really good point you make there. I mean, as well, I know lots of gardeners that can't sit down for a second. Yeah. They sit down just for a moment and they find something that needs doing it's or something that needs pulling. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and they're up and they're up and at it. But I think it's an incredibly important thing uh, and a point that you make there that sitting down why why would you not just take a moment to to soak it all up yeah incredible um you've mentioned your horticultural therapists quite yeah. a lot um as we've been chatting and crumbs they sound like incredible people particularly as they are tailoring um you know what they're offering to to very individual and specific needs mm. um could you tell me just a bit about them where where do they where do they come from um you know, how how do you become a, yeah. a horticultural therapist? Well, they, they come really from all sorts of different backgrounds, and that's, I mean, so do gardeners, you know. Um, so we've got people who come from an education background or from a therapeutic background or, or nursing and health. Um, we've got people who've come at it from the gardening end and want to learn the therapeutic um, and health side of things. We've got people who have absolutely no background, particularly in gardening or disability or health, but are just it sparked their um, their imagination. And so, really, anybody can come to horticulture therapy from from any background. I think a good grounding in horticulture is important, but but you can you can learn that over time. 
Um, so we do train people to be horticultural therapists as, as well as employ horticultural therapists. So we have sort of five or 600 people a year will attend our training courses. Um, and we have seen people from all sorts of different backgrounds, walks of life coming through those those courses as well. So, Can you volunteer? Can people, do you have volunteers that yeah, help, help our, you at all? Our, our volunteers are absolutely essential to how that we work. So our, our volunteers work alongside the horticultural therapists supporting um, the clients in, in the work that they're doing in the garden. So we have getting on for about 200 odd volunteers that, that come along across our three garden areas. Um, and there's, there's lots of different horticulture therapy projects all around the countries. It's not, not obviously Thrive is in three areas, but there's going to be one just down the road from pretty much everybody. Um, and they're nearly always looking for, for volunteers to help out in the gardens as well. Great. So, I mean, if anyone that's listening would like to, to get involved, um, I'm, I'm guessing they can just have a look at the Thrive website, can they, to, to find out a, a bit more? There's there's a lot more information on our, on our website about horticulture therapy, how to get trained in horticulture therapy. Um, we do have an information service, so we are able to put people in touch with um, a garden project that may be more local to them if they're interested in volunteering and, and aren't close to one of the Thrive bases as well. It's such valuable and important work that you're doing. And um, I, I feel that probably anyone that's listening, anyone that gardens can relate to, to yeah. what you've said and how valuable gardening is for, for all parts of our health. Um, so, you know, thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for sharing a little bit of about Thrive with me. And, um, you know, it's been a real pleasure chatting. Yeah, it's been a great pleasure to talk. So thank you very much for inviting me. I was really inspired by everything Catherine told me, but I wanted to hear firsthand from someone that Thrive has helped. Everything Catherine said makes a ton of sense, but what's it actually like to benefit from social and therapeutic horticulture? The charity put me in touch with Imogen, one of Thrive's client gardeners, and here's her powerful story. At primary school, um, I got to the place where my friends were uh, hanging out and then they had moved off and were um, already doing something else because I couldn't walk properly. I see. It must have been very hard as, as you were watching that going on around you. It was difficult. In, in secondary school, my uh, epilepsy played the bigger part because it stopped me being able to concentrate on um, my studies. Okay, so it was impacting your your education and your learning as well as as everything else. And what do you do you think might be waiting for you in adulthood? What did you think might be around the corner? The reality was, I didn't know. I didn't know what the future would hold. How did I mean? I know you've been at Thrive and uh, for some time now, and and um, what what how how does gardening and Thrive change all of that? It makes me I, I enjoy being in a team. It makes me feel happy. What what is it about um, about gardening? Do you think that makes you feel good? I like the fresh air. And I, I like the activity of gardening. And tell me, what's, um, what's your favourite thing to do when you're there or when you're gardening? What do you enjoy doing the most? 
I like potting up and I find it incredible how plants, even with just one seed in, in the, in the pot, um, it recovers itself every year. And I think that's very beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm love gardening myself. I garden a lot and, um, I just get so much enjoyment from watching a tiny seed turn into a living thing. And the fact that you've nurtured and cared for that thing over all that time is just, it's just wonderful, isn't it? It, it, It's very, very impressive. (laughs) Indeed, it is. It is. Um, Now, how do you, I mean, how do you feel that gardening has perhaps helped your sort of your health and your well-being and how you how you feel does it make you feel better it makes me feel better a lot better actually and it's helped my dexterity my hand dexterity so that's actually a real um a very a very clear physical benefit to to gardening then as well as as well as anything else isn't it 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 certainly is yes it certainly is yes and then how about your about your um you know your your mind and how you feel because I know whenever whenever I garden, um, if I'm feeling um, anxious or if I'm I'm cross or something about anything, you know, I'll go and spend some time in the garden and I don't have to be out there for very long before it makes me feel a lot better. Um, do you do you feel the same thing? By the end of the day, everything has calmed down for me. My my mood tends to change. And I'm more interested in what I'm mending um, than whatever was the problem before. I mean, what 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 would you like to say to other people that have never tried gardening before, or perhaps have never been to a Thrive Centre? How what would you say to them? I I would say do it because in the beginning I've been there for about five years now. And in the, at the beginning, I was very nervous, very nervous. And gradually, as the years uh, passed, I became less nervous. And But yeah, I would definitely say it's something to, to achieve. And it, especially if you have a disability, it, it really helps, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's really powerful, isn't it? It is. It's it's incredible. I mean, does um has has gardening has it had an impact in other you know parts of your life? I I, I watched a short film that you you um you did, and I I think I recall you saying that it's brought structure to your day and structure to your to your week. With yes, it, that that is correct, and and I think for me, I find it very beautiful that you have to be patient with plants. Not all of them work. And some of some do and some don't. And you have to give it time to grow. And if it doesn't grow, I, I don't think you should be sad about it. Because it's it's part of life. What I mean, can you imagine your your life without gardening what would that be like if you weren't gardening um i don't know but i imagine it 
wouldn't be so good. And and uh, I mean, I guess the the big question is: Do you think it makes you healthier? Do you think gardening makes you you healthier and helps you know all of those things that you've been living with for your for your life? Do you think it helps those? Certainly, I I really think it does help. Um, in a very positive way makes me unable to concentrate on the difficulties of life because you're dealing with very precious plants yes who are, who are very fragile themselves thanks for listening to the bbc gardener's world magazine podcast and you can find out more about the themes we've covered today at gardenersworld.com forward slash podcast if you've enjoyed this episode please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app and don't forget to subscribe on itunes spotify or acast to never miss an episode see you next time 